Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host. We're here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. A lot of times I'm with Jason. Recently I've been with uh, Sass, who comes from Russia, and we've talked about the war in Ukraine and Russia a little bit. He's one of our students at Nicolay Bible Institute. Today I get to share the microphone with a man named Benjamin. And um, you might think he's uh, back in Abraham's day or something, but... Uh, Benjamin shares a characteristic with me that I've mentioned before on the air, uh, that I am a narcoleptic. Uh, narcolepsy is a really strange um, disease. It's an autoimmune disease that affects your brain. So I tell people I'm certifiably nuts. And uh, one of the, the great things about life for me is I really don't hide the fact that I've had heart issues or narcolepsy. I have no secrets. When I go into the medical world, they ask who I can tell things to, and I usually write at the bottom, anyone who asks. Because I figure, you know what? God is um, gracious and kind, and every single human that ever lived has problems. I don't really care if you know mine. I'm, I'm going to live according to what God gives me to do. And in that process, hopefully, I can honor him somewhere. But really, there's very few that have narcolepsy. I forget what the number is. Do you know, Benjamin, how many people have narcolepsy? Do you, did you ever hear the number? It's like one out of, I don't know. I don't know. You can all look it up online and Google will tell you. Uh, it, it isn't very common. However, there's a lot of people that think they have it because they're tired. However, that's not true. Uh, narcolepsy is an autoimmune. It attacks certain cells in your brain. And it makes you so that you really have trouble figuring out cycles, the day and the night. So when a narcoleptic tries to go to sleep often, they can't. When they want to get up, they're tired. And, uh, and emotional outbursts can cause them to get, go right into a sleep. If it, some, some have that worse than others. And, and everyone that has narcolepsy, it's a different amount of struggle, actually, in each of their lives. Um, so if you do have narcolepsy, you get it checked out by a neurologist, and they'll tell you whether you really have it or not. Uh, Benjamin, how long have you had this? Hmm, I'm 42 now. I've had it since I was 25, so okay. what's the math on that? Yeah, that's plenty for me. I don't know. I can't do math. <laughs> However, what, people ask me that, too, and I go, I really don't know. I got diagnosed when I was in my 50s, hmm. but I was struggling for years. Sure. So, you know, I, I didn't know. And the difference really between <clears throat> you and me is I, I, I medicate myself way up. Hmm. And you don't like medicating yourself way up. So we're a little different in that. I used to be on like enormous amounts of medication before I was a Christian. Right. And now you've, why have you decided not to use it? <sighs> Boy, personal conviction. Okay. Medication was an idolatry for me. Okay. And uh, when I realized that the Lord had saved me in Christ and I was in his grace, I think I was grieved to, to realize that I didn't know how to trust anything other than um, medicine. So the Lord taught me how to master over it. And I haven't been on medicine ever since. And I am so grateful for this affliction, actually. Okay. Now, let me ask you, are you against all medicines? No. No, no, no. Okay. Not at all. That's not, no. Personal it, conviction just for Benjamin that uh, I, I take him when I need him. I'm thankful to God for them. But with the uh, narcolepsy stuff, I, 
I've been better in my own hands trusting the Lord than I have ever been on the medication because I put too much trust in it. Yeah, I wonder if that's because now you have to concentrate on the disease. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we were talking about this. I mean, we are, as narcoleptics, there are some false impressions out there. So um, each narcoleptic is different, as far as I know. It, uh, I've only known a few, and you're one of them. So <laughs> I, you know, I don't know that many that really have it. Um, but I do know that there's a lot of misconceptions about narcolepsy. Hmm. Uh, like if you're just talking or walking, you'll, you know, bump into things and go to sleep. And, you know, I, honestly, I never had that happen. Hmm. Have you ever had that happen? You know, let me preface this as uh, before, before the Lord was gracious to me and allowed me to have faith to believe in Jesus and, and be saved, I was an absolute mess. Okay. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't understand or perceive or anything, and I just would fall asleep all the time. And I, it, it just destroyed me. Yeah, but, but now it's a different story. And narcolepsy responds to stress. So without God, there's a lot of stress in your life too. Right. What you eat, what you do. I mean, it was, I, was, I was depressed for about 30 years before I was saved. Right. So, yeah, my mind was just uh, like a sponge for narcolepsy to take over, and I, I gave into it, and I gave up. Yeah, and, that, and I think that's a good observation. It's basically when you don't have Christ in your life, you're not living the way that you were made to live. So there's a lot of stress you shouldn't be dealing with. Right. I mean, before, before I believed, how could I ever know the truth about God? Right. Without Christ, how could I ever see the goodness of God in the cross? So everything that I came to conclusion about God was wrong. So therefore, my mind was completely led astray. And how I, that's how I handled things in my life, and everything had consequences. Yeah. So I had no power over it at all just to submit to it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as we've talked, one of the things that I found in life is that now my wife, as I've told you, probably is going through a cancer at this point in, in cancer treatments. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I have narcolepsy and a heart thing and a bunch of other Yahoo stuff that <laughs> who cares. But it's one of those things where you go, okay, we're getting older. My, my <laughs> wife and I are a little bit older. And uh, your body doesn't function quite as well as it used to when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. That's really expected. It's part uh, of the journey, I think. It, it is. Humility. It is. And God tells us that. This home, mm-hmm. this world in which we live, this isn't it. Amen. And somehow each one of us is going to be taken out of this place. Mm. And everyone that's listening to us today, mm. it's going to happen to you too. And I'm not trying to be Davy Downer here. Mm. I'm just telling you that in reality, you know this from the time you're a child, that life will, as we know it today on this earth, it'll end. And when it ends, there's an eternity that's in front of you. And the afflictions that you and I have right now, they'll be gone Yeah. at that point. You know, it's, it's such a heavy truth that if it's not handled in the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, how can one hold on to it but just agree with their condemned state? Right. But in Christ, it, it's just amazing that he gives us hope, right? And mm-hmm. uh, it's through that hope that... Um, even even today, Dave, I, I'm so grateful to be here because I know I'm unworthy to talk about the truths of Jesus, but through him, I've been made worthy, and I, I love telling people of how beautiful God is and yep. how we were meant 
to be strengthened and loved by him and to handle things appropriately according to who he is. And I found so much freedom and power in him to help me have peace during the day. Yeah. Not to be afraid anymore. Yep. You know, so often I say, and, and people take back when I say it, but I say, you know, if you're disappointed in God, you don't know him. Hmm. And I'll just be quiet and walk away. I don't need to preach after that. Hmm. Or if, you, if you're angry with God, you don't know him. Hmm. Now, I may not understand everything that God does. Hmm. In fact, I would be first in line to tell you I don't. Hmm. And I never will because I'm Dave Wager. I am not <laughs> God. And I could never put myself on his plane of knowing, you know, why did my wife get cancer? She does everything right. She's healthy. She exercises. Why? No one in her family really. So what's with this? Hmm. Even the doctor said, that's strange. She lives a lifestyle where we wouldn't expect this. Hmm. However, God gave it to her. Hmm. And, and our lives are, are better for it. You know, one of the really strange things in life is that, you know, in our minds we know things, but God allows us to understand those things and apply them. For example, I know that one day my wife or myself will most likely be separated from each other for a while. One of us will die first. Now, it could be that we go at the same time. It could be the Lord comes back. I understand all that. But most likely, one of us will go first. Hmm. Okay. Well, this made me think again about reality. Mm-hmm. It, but that's not a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. The permanent is one day we'll all be healthy. You know, my father-in-law died recently, it's been a year and a half or so, of uh, Parkinson's. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, and that's, that's tough to watch. Mm-hmm. But God's got a plan. Mm-hmm. This world, you know, think of God's responsibility here for a second. God, and not mine or not yours. His responsibility all the way through history is to pick the day that you and I leave this planet and how. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I don't have that job. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, when you think about that, it's like, oh, yeah, well, Dave's got to get this and this and this, and he'll die on this day because all his days are numbered. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's listening knows their days are numbered, and I would encourage you, listening friend, that if you are not one who knows God, you need to spend some time reading the scriptures. I encourage you to go to John chapter 3. There was a religious guy named Nicodemus came to Jesus, was asking him about life, and, and, and he told him that God loves the world, that he sent his son. You can have a relationship with God, and when you say goodbye to this life, there's one that's coming that won't have sickness anymore. Hmm. And um, that's really the reality of it. Not only that, here, I'll tell you, Benjamin, what I like. I like the fact that God always uses weakness. So we, as I'm weak, I, I, I can come to God anytime and say, boy, am I positioned well? <laughs> you know, I'm really positioned well to have you use me, God. Mm. Because anything that I do, it's going to have to happen in a way that's outside of me. Mm. So people will know it's you. And that's really a good thing to me. Um, you remember Peter in the Bible, he, he denied Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Then, um, you know, he's out fishing. Not only did he deny Jesus, he denied the life Jesus wanted him to have. So he went back fishing. So Jesus shows up at the shore and talks to him. And he basically calls him in, and, and Peter's so messed up, he puts his jacket on and jumps in the water, which doesn't make any sense at all. But he was messed up at the time 
thinking, I don't know, put my jacket on, I guess. And then, no, you leave that off when you swim, Peter. However, he put it on. And he went to the shore, and he's talking to Jesus. And Jesus three times asked him if he loved him. And, and what was interesting there is, when I look at Peter's life, I think, what Peter thought was, now I don't know, the Bible doesn't say this, but what he could have easily thought was, I'm a failure. People can't look at me and learn anything. And God three times kept reminding him, it's pretty good it's not about you, Peter. Yeah. It's really not about you. Why don't you go make it about me and you'll be fine. Yeah, isn't that the grand picture of life, right? The Bible tells us that God is. He always has been. And what has he always been? He's always been love, good, and holy. And Jesus testifies that to that in 1 John chapter 1, uh, verse 5, when he says that... Uh, Actually, it's through the apostles that say this is his testimony we received from him. Right. That God is pure light with no evil. And it's so interesting that if you know that, it's eternal life. Right. It's life-giving yep. through Christ to be able to understand that. Yep. And uh, But if we don't know, like what you were saying with your point before about um, uh, kind of the whole concept of trust, right? You just addressed any listener that, hasn't put their trust in Christ for salvation. Where's your trust? It's in yourself. Right. But it's interesting that trust isn't even possible to have in ourselves because we, we've fallen short of goodness, yeah. of His glory. And but when you're, but when you're a Christian, maybe I'll say this to the listeners that if you are a Christian, you realize that there's people out there that have not believed, and go preach the gospel to them. Show it in your life. Show it in your actions. Remember the Great Commission that we have this privilege and. In, in my in my situation to 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 be completely transparent before I believed, I tried everything, Dave, yep. to have peace. I tried everything to overcome this narcolepsy. I lost my job. I, I divorced my wife. Um, I I became on entitlements. I was just absolutely miserable. But through the grace of God and salvation in Christ, I have learned to trust Him. So now, like you were saying, I don't I don't need to understand everything. I do like to understand stuff, but to be able to trust in him because of Jesus, wow, I, I can walk in that weakness like you. Absolutely. You know, it's fun to look back in the scriptures and see Job very possibly could have been the oldest book in the Bible. It's not the first, but it could be the oldest. Job did everything he's supposed to. Hmm. And it's st he still suffered. Hmm. Jesus did everything he was supposed to. He died on a cross. The apostles do what they were supposed to. Hmm. You know, when, when we paint a picture to people that this life is not a war zone, it is a war zone. Hmm. And, and the way that we honor God is by faith, according to Hebrews. Amen. And, and faith means you don't know why, <laughs> but you know God. Right, and you're confident in him because of, that's the truth. Yeah. And Jesus proves that in his resurrection. That's right. Now, if you're struggling, my suggestion to you is get to know God. Because, again, if you know God, you'll, you won't be disappointed in him. If you know God, you won't be angry with him. If you know God, you won't want to disappoint him. If you know God, you won't uh, think he's beating on you. But if you don't know God, then you might start thinking those things are true. It, it's really interesting because, once again, we're talking about two guys here that have narcolepsy. <laughs> And, and people who... Still uh, awake, though. Yeah, we are. Yeah, <laughs> if it goes silent on your end, we'll, we'll get around to it. Um, but, but people 
can talk to us who have never really experienced or understand what narcolepsy really is. And I'm always patient with them because they have their preconceived notion. <laughs> but if they really want to know, I can tell them. <laughs> if they don't really want to know, I usually don't because it won't matter anyway. And I don't know why they, why I need to talk about it. <laughs> However, if they really want to know, it is something I know about because I've experienced it. If you really know Jesus, what happens is you trust him. That's the byproduct of really knowing him. You can't just grit your teeth today, pull your pants up one leg at a time there and say, I'm going to trust him today without knowing him. Right. That's not possible. No. So you need to spend time in the Bible, getting to know him. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. You should be in a church that teaches the, the scriptures. You, you can go to podcasts like we have. You could... You know, you need to spend time in God's Word so that you can know who God is. Because I promise you, life doesn't get easier. Hmm. If you're thinking down the road life will be easier, it never does. Right. <laughs> I was talking to some young parents about that, and they were saying, you know, one day, one day. And I said, you know, just so you know, <laughs> life actually doesn't get easier. Right. And, and that's why where you're at today, you need to learn to enjoy God in the situation you're in today because it doesn't get easier hmm. tomorrow. Hmm. And it won't get easier for you and me or for anybody else at that point. Yeah. Then, you know, it's, it's such a good point that you bring up because um, if you really do a study of those words that Jesus has used about repent, faith, belief, trust, hope, all of those uh, spiritual words, right? There, There's right. such one leads to the other and... It, it, it's fascinating that <clears throat> in the scriptures, um, when Jesus says to Peter, who denied him, he says, who, uh, he says to his, or his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up. It's so fa I, I think it's mind-blowing of what Jesus says in that moment. That is the basic constructs of all Christians, that God has revealed the Son he has given them mercy to turn from their unbelief, to believe in Jesus. And through that, the righteousness of Christ is transferred to us, the forgiveness of sins. I mean, it all starts from God's doing, which allows the believer that in these afflictions that we struggle with and others struggle with, I can always go back to Jesus to remind myself in the goodness of God because he demonstrated God's love on the cross. And God demonstrated that he received everything that Jesus testified by raising from the dead, being God himself. And that, to me, is, he is my strength in those moments, right? Because how can I, how can I trust if I don't know? Right. And how can I uh, trust if I don't believe because you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't believe it, you won't trust it and you won't learn to obey it and right. apply it. And You know, and it's really important to understand, we're not telling you that your belief causes things to be true. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is there's a truth that Amen. you need to believe. Amen. So and that it, is eternal life. It's very important that you realize you don't, you have to discover God, you don't make him up. Right. And, and a lot of people might look at us and say, you know, I, if God really loves you, why do you have narcolepsy? Because he loves me. Yeah. Because he's good. Yeah. I don't know why. 
You know, it's really interesting. The other, forget what it was, but somebody came up to me and said, why of all people do you think that God gave you and your wife cancer to deal with? Hmm. And I remember looking at him, not even thinking, saying, why not? Hmm. And they said, huh? I said, this is something that afflicts all mankind. It'd be nice if we were never a part of it. It would be nice if we didn't have to go through it. Hmm. But why would we not experience whatever other human experiences Hmm. we all get sick we all have problems we're all proving all the time that humanity is um not what it should be without god Hmm. sin is a consequence we we know that and one day it'll be gone Hmm. so i'm not sure why my wife and i should not have some of these afflictions and not only that because of my position in life where I get to encourage people to love God, hmm. okay, I, you know, these afflictions are things that help me, I think, refocus on who God is and his provision and his care. And, and, and when I go out and talk, I'm not talking from a perspective of one who says, yeah, I got all the money in the world. I got all the health in the world. I got all the, you know, my life is a kuna matata kind of thing, you know, hmm. where there's no problems. No, as a matter of fact, that's not true. And yet I still find complete joy in life and purpose. And I love the fact when God does something, I get to watch him and be part of it. I don't have to, I'm not even responsible for making it happen. I just get to be a part of it. He puts me in places where he works. You know, it's kind of like the body principle. When you're an elbow, all right, you don't bring glory to the elbow you don't, you don't go and say you know if you ran a race and i was watching you run a race i wouldn't say boy benjamin's elbow is really good at running <laughs> you know i wouldn't do that because that doesn't make any sense because benjamin is all the parts hmm. and i would say benjamin meaning all the parts are good the only thing that your joints really need to do and your muscles and everything else of your body is listen to the brain signal yeah and when you listen to the brain signal you're fine hmm. Because then you're doing what you should do, when you should do it, how you should do it. And there are times where my one elbow might be sore or my ankle or my leg, and my brain will send signals to the rest of my body on what to do. Hmm. Limp, you know, or whatever it might be. I, I have no idea. And it's really quite amazing that those people who are in positions like you and I or cancer or in positions where you really can't do anything to fix it. Hmm how close you can draw to God and enjoy his provision for you that you could never enjoy if you didn't have the affliction. And so in many ways, the affliction is your blessing, not your curse. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, people that don't, that just meet me, they, they see what you see before me, but to know me before the Lord gave me faith to believe in Jesus. Sure. Uh, I, it's just a drastic thing, and it, it's... Mm, uh, how do we say this? Sometimes people say to me, oh, wow, you're doing really good, and oh, you're overcoming your narcolepsy, all that stuff, well done. And I, I tell you, Dave, I just want to scream and cry and bang my head against the ground to let them know that, no, you, you have it all wrong. 
There's no way that I overcome this world outside of faith in Jesus who overcame the world. And the only reason that I'm able to overcome these afflictions or master over them or be like the one-legged man that's uh, uh, doing the, or woman that's doing the marathon and look like a hero is because of the grace I was given through the merciful love of God through Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. Now I think differently. I'm starting to behave differently. The person that you see me, I'm stronger. But it's all based on him And it's so interesting that when people say that, oh, maybe it's just because you're just obedient to God. Well, that's not it at all either, as you know. Right. And it's such an interesting conversation when we talk about how we get through afflictions as Christians. I don't take credit for it at all. I'm just grateful. You know, it's interesting because so many people have come to me through the years and um, just said, you know, have you really prayed that God will heal you? I said, sure, I have. Tons of times. However, you said, <laughs> so you're not healed. I said, no, but God isn't a genie in a bottle either. <laughs> right. I mean, who do you think God is? He's mm. not a, you, you don't come to him, give him three requests, and he, and he, if you think that's who God is, then you don't know who he is. He, mm. Here's what I do know. What you're trying to do, actually, when you ask me that question, mm. you're trying to make my cure dependent upon my faith. Amen. When it's really about God's faithfulness, regardless. Right. And, and faith is something that pleases God because what we do, the very idea of faith is I don't know the outcome. Mm. But here's what I do know. The outcome will be good mm. because I trust in who God is. So that's what faith is. The faith is not in my faith. My faith crumbles. So faith should never be in our own faith. Amen. It should be in God's faithfulness. And how can we be confident in him but through the testimony of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. So you see all that and you go, okay, so I have narcolepsy. Yes, I've asked God (laughs) to cure it. And he said no. Then my next step is, you know, though, God, here's what I know about you. Because I teach actually theology. I know you're loving. I know you have a plan. I know nobody thwarts your plan. So you have a plan for me with narcolepsy. I'll be fine. Amen. His and then you get hit with cancer. And after you go through your brain being scrambled for a moment, mm-hmm. same thing. You start saying, okay, God, I don't know what the plan is here. Yeah. You know, I mean, I really would rather not go through this, God. If I didn't have to go through this, I, I really would not. And I'm still asking that he would be gracious and heal my wife. Mm. And I realized that he very well could. Mm. Or he very well could let this be what takes her because she's got a day on her life somewhere um, that is uh, going to be the final day. And so do I. And so when I look at it, I say, okay, God, thank you so much for the fact that I know who you are. There is so much that I don't understand. In fact, as I get older and I stay more in the word, I find that I actually know less than I've ever known before. And the less I know, because I keep studying, the more awed I am by God and his provision for me, and the more awed I am by his love and his... So right now, it's like, you know, God, I know I have narcolepsy. I know I'm getting older. How do you use me? How, what can I do with what you've given me uh, on this platform for you? How do you want me to do it? And that's the fun part. And we're going to have to come and talk to Benjamin in the next half of the program here about 
I want to talk more specifically about narcolepsy, how people treat it, how they treat you, and and just uh, maybe we can talk about the disease a bit. But I'm Dave. I'm with Benjamin. Thanks for listening.